when you get so extreme in something, you can't see common sense. It's like you're so invested in this thought that you need everyone to agree with you. And if they don't, they're the wrong ones. What if you're wrong? Yo, 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 check, 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 check. Uh, welcome to another episode of Experience the, the truth. truth. I know at first we tried to keep track of how many episodes we're at, but I don't really think there's a point anymore. I've lost track. Yeah. I think we <laughs> might have titles. I don't even know if we do episode counts anymore, but we've talked about a lot of different things. And um, of those different things, you know, there is Asbury Revival. We've talked about demonic possession and deliverance. Angels, a whole lot of things. We've talked about, you know, yeah, the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. And the purpose, you know, in creating content, you want to create content that, you know, provokes emotion in people. Or like, if you talk about a topic that everybody's indifferent about, it's not going to really get, you know people thinking or wanting to click and even listen to it. Cause it's like, I'm just kind of indifferent about that. But purposefully we've talked we brought in a lot of these different topics because uh, especially Christians, I think a lot of times we can go to extremes on things um, because we've, we've just watched a podcast or we've, you know, read something in the Bible and then, and then we just become so fixated about it where that becomes the main thing. The only thing that we talk about, the only thing that we think about, and this is a hill that we we die on. Uh, and I think that as Christians, I think we are dying on hills that aren't really necessary. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, we're living in a culture that, um, like really kind of goes to extremes on a lot of things. Like yeah. we, there's no middle ground. There's no, no balance. I think in a lot of our lives, whereas and you see it in every area, not just in the spiritual realm or in the church circles or Christian circles. You can see it throughout all of society, whether it's politically, whether it's topics about uh, health, physical health. We go to extremes as though that is the ultimate. There's nothing greater than that. This is what we're going to, like you said, die on this hill. This is what we're putting all our attention into, all our money into, all of our resources into, our relationships are affected by um, what we believe in this and uh, and 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 we end up really kind of isolating ourselves into a certain area and and God never intended us to uh, end up on the extremes yeah he wants there there's only one thing that he wants to be an extreme in our life and that's him hmm. and our relationship with Christ hmm. that is ultimately supposed to hold the greatest extreme not not our identities, not our roles or what we do mm -hmm. or the ministries we have. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you see that in, in um, uh, Luke chapter 13, when he says people will come and they'll say, and, and the door will be shut and they'll try, they'll knock on the door and Christ will come to the door and, and they'll say, Hey, let us in. And he's like, but I don't know who you are. And they said, well, we prophesied in your streets and we healed sick people. And we did all these things that we were supposed to do. And he says, you may have done those things, but 
I don't know who you are. True. And I think we make majors of things that aren't majors. We go to extremes on things that Christ never wanted to be the extreme. And and he's the extreme. And and that's really what we, we need to put in order if we're going to see God's blessing and, and the things we do in life. Yeah, there is... Uh, like really I've been brought back to this and as I'm reading Exodus and it's going through all the different laws that uh, God has given to the Israelites and I think uh, the person without a relationship with Jesus is going to look at that and they're going to be like well this guy is a stickler why is he trying to like manipulate my life before I was a Christian I saw God as someone trying that tried to keep me from having fun right. like all the all these <laughs> things that you know that I want to do, I can't, I can't do. And, and then when you have a relationship with Jesus and you, like when I encountered the love of God, it changed everything for me. And then I found myself doing those things, but it wasn't in the sense of, I have to do this to earn God's love. It's out of my love for him. This is an outflow of my life. And that's what I think when it says, you know, the, the two greatest commandments is love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength with all your might and then love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm listening to all these different laws in Exodus and people are so fixated on the, the nitty gritties and the legalism. And it's like, well, actually where that all stems from is for you to focus on God and, and to steward that love life with God, but also be, don't be a jerk, <laughs> treat your neighbor as yourself. And there is no law that there's no law separate from those two laws. Everything comes from those two. But I think we get so fixated, uh, you know, on legalism, uh, and you know, the issue of salvation. And we argue over these stupid things. And it's like, man, if, if we just kept it simple and we built, we focused on a relationship with Jesus, uh, man, everything is flows out of that. Right. I, I, I think there's in human nature, we tend to go to we just naturally move to extremes to the next new thing like when something happens and it's just blows us away we tend to go to the extreme on on those things but you you're talking about something maybe a little bit off of what we're talking about when you get into legalism and uh -huh. salvation and we tend to get there every podcast it's such a part of your heart we tend to end up there but what i'd like to say it should not shock the believer or the unbeliever, even though the unbeliever has no understanding of it, God changes the desires of your heart. So yeah. to the unbeliever, they don't understand. They see Christianity, they see the believer as being withheld yeah. because he can't Surprise. do the things that they enjoy doing. And they assume, they make this assumption that believers want to do them, but they can't do yeah, them. Yeah, that's a good so point. So they're being restrained from yeah. doing them because they have no understanding that when you become a believer, although there are things that we once enjoyed doing, God changes the desires of our heart and we no longer need to do those things because it no longer has the joy or the momentary joy that it once had. And then often leads to destruction or destroying things in our life but we we're not we're not having to f literally always fight those things but when god changes the desires of heart we no longer want to do those things but mm -hmm. they can't comprehend that because it's so gripped their heart they they believe that what they consider to be fun um it just so grips their heart and and so many people in the world think going out and getting drunk or drinking is fun like like using a substance 
to cause their personality to be adapted to become more fun yeah. is fun to them. And I understand that because that's the desire of their heart. They, they want to have fun. That's, and, and that substance helps them to do that. But if you were to ask me, well, you can't drink cause you're Christian. No, and you don't, that that's, the, that's the messed up thinking. That's the thinking with someone thinks you have to drink to have fun. But when you're a believer in Christ, I don't need alcohol to have mm -hmm. fun because I abide in fun. I yeah. abide in peace. I abide in the joy of the Lord. And there's, there's that is not something I even for a moment want to even be a part of because what that does for that person, I actually find in my source of Christ. Christ provides that for me mm -hmm. and I don't need alcohol to do that for a moment yeah. for as long as it will last and then have to deal with the side effects of the hangovers and the hangover effects mm -hmm. that come when my life revolves around alcohol. And I was sitting in a place and I was just taken by how people like literally alcohol has become a God in our society. Like it is the source to all fun. And, and they say, well, I don't be so legalistic about alcohol. The Bible doesn't say anything. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, look at the position people have put that in their life. It is the source that they can't actually have a good time without it. Mm -hmm. That's an, that's the definition of, of addiction or putting something in a position of being their God and an idol. And then they go to extremes on it. Like it's an extreme, like, Oh, every joke is revolves around that. Every, every thought goes to when I can do that or when I can get home or every good thing comes from, Oh boy, we drank last night. And, and that's just an example. I'm not trying to just, but we get to extremes and, and then, and when we get on extremes, everything becomes about that thing. Yeah. And, and not like when I, when I say that, cause we're going to be talking about, you know, the different, uh, extremes that people get on these, these, these rants about, you know, the Asbury revival and stuff. And is this technically a revival? And then we, then we want to talk about, you know, revivalism. And then we talk about, you know, speaking in tongues. And then that's the only thing that we talk about. And there's things and, and we get so fixated on, you know, the byproduct of having a relationship with Jesus and the manifestation of the spirit rather than focusing on like the love of God. And, and the thing is, I think a lot of people push, uh, for example, when I go and witness to someone, um, I'll tell them, you know, how much God loves them. And if I record it and I'm telling them all this stuff and I'm saying, Oh, God loves them this much and, and everything. And I'm going down the list of you're created in the image of God and everything. And then the Christian, uh, will say, well, we'll make sure you let them know about hell too. Like make sure they know that if they don't do this, that th their, their salvation is hanging in the balance and everything. It's like, you know, I didn't come to a relationship with God out of fear. I came out of love. And then what we heighten all these different things. Once we get into our relationship with Jesus, I feel like a lot of us, the reason why we go into all these different talking points is because we got bored with the simplicity of a relationship with Jesus. And so then all these different topics come into play where we get bored. And so we just need something to argue with. Uh, and I think we talked about it before. It's like, we're created, uh, for spiritual work. Warfare. We're created uh, to be soldiers, what it talks about in First Timothy, that we don't get entangled in civilian pursuits, but we aim to, to please the long, the, the one who enlisted us. And I think because of a, because a lot of us are in the, the, 
God's reserves and we are in battle that we get bored and we're bred to, you know, to fight. And, 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 and so then we get bored and we just start, we start fighting in the barracks. We start fighting amongst each other and we don't know that this passion that we have, it's, it's oftentimes misdirected. Yeah. I, it's so whenever you discover new tr- truth in the kingdom, I think one of the things you have to guard yourself with is it is a truth and it is powerful but it isn't the only one and it isn't the only powerful truth and as humans uh especially like me if you're like me when i when i learned to play golf i was all in on golf i went to the extreme of golf it was all about golf when if you're that type of person that when you're in you're all in yeah and you go all the way this is something that can really uh, something you got to guard your heart about because um There are things like, uh, you know, when you talk about tithing or you talk about healing or you talk about prophecy or you talk about uh, uh, demon possession and, and, and deliverance ministry, when you talk about all of the aspects of the gospel that are, are very true and they're real. Um, like if it's it, right now, there is a very strong or revivalism. You have a whole lot being talked about in revival and God sending the revival and it's all about revival. And at times we can, without even knowing it, good people, godly people going to heaven, people can shift their passion from a relationship with Christ hmm. to the activity we do in Mm. Christ and Mm. it's right and it's good that we're learning but we have to keep a balance in it and what happens is when we go to extremes um, like if you don't agree with this extreme I'm on or if people aren't as excited or passionate about what I'm passionate in right now it often there can be wedges that are created because we get so passionate about healing or we get so passionate about deliverance or we get so passionate about revival and maybe other people aren't there. And when they're not there, we, there's a wedge that can sometimes come because we start to look down on people. Mm. And when you go to extremes on things, you start to think that you're better you're more Mm -hmm. informed and the pharisees did that Mm -hmm. the pharisees felt like we're more passionate about the law it's all about the law everything resides in the law and they started to look down on other people that maybe weren't as good in the law or didn't have the knowledge of the law and so we go and get trained in deliverance or we see people and it's all about deliverance and and what happens when you get to extremes we start to almost make up things about that topic to try to make it bigger and more important than it really is. And I'm not pointing to one single thing, but I've been around long enough to see how this has happened and how it can divide the body of Christ. If you're studying deliverance, deliverance won't divide the body of Christ. The deliverance is a, is an equipping that God gives us mm-hmm. to bless the body of Christ, to bring her together, to help her. But, but it isn't the only thing going on in the kingdom of God. There's healing, there's prophetic words, there, there are people getting saved. There's all types of things that are happening in and there needs to be people, uh, you know, I hear this statement all the time that there's general practitioners and then there's specialists. You know, the Bible is 
pretty clear that we are all we're yeah. all supposed to be equipped in season and out of season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, is deliverance important? Absolutely. Should we know how to minister in deliverance? Every believer should know how to deliver minister in deliverance. But every believer needs to understand and have a theology of healing. And mm -hmm. and we need to be soul winners as well. Mm -hmm. And and we need to recognize that um, that you can disagree on certain things and still agree on the premise of the, the overall premise of what it's supposed to bring in the body of Christ. But when we go to extremes, I have to be right. This has to be the most important thing. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm just not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to run to another place. And I saw this happen in, in a church in Michigan that we were at. These people, they got into um, a deliverance thing. And then the, the guy said, you know, deliverance is the most important thing. If your pastor doesn't agree with what I'm telling you right now, you should leave that church. That type of stuff is not godly. That that sure there are things that maybe your pastor doesn't agree in, but it's it doesn't mean you go and run and leave, and it also doesn't mean you don't operate in ministry. You don't you, your pastor doesn't have to agree with what you're saying in order for you to start doing miracles of deliverance in people's lives. Yeah. But it's not all about it. It's not all about healing. It's not, and yet it's healing is must happen in the church deliverance mm -hmm. must happen in the church uh prophetic words must come in the church but we have to guard about the extreme which says, says this is way more important than everything else i think it's we got to keep it simple like right. keep it simple don't get don't get distracted don't get bored like these are great things but the interesting thing is the people who deliver the people that perform signs there's even and the antichrist is even going to perform signs and wonders right. as well the thing is, I think we can become bored with our love life with Christ that we go, we have some Christian life crisis and we go off and chase these other things. But really it only fought like all these signs and wonders are just a byproduct of those who believe. And then like, and the thing is there was other people that were doing it too. And they were, they were performing signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. And in the end, Jesus even says that uh, people are going to come to him and they, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, we, we did all these things in your name and he's going to be like what you had just said, uh, depart from me. I never knew you. you so it, what's the main thing? You know, what's important in that too, as I'm mm. thinking about it, we think, well, shouldn't we be passionate about healing? Mm -hmm. shouldn't we be? No, 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 no. Let me reward it. This, this, I think if we reward this, that what we should be passionate about is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And when we're passionate about Jesus Christ, we'll be, be begin to become passionate about people. And when we're passionate about people, we will participate in the things that people need to overcome what Satan has brought into their life. When we do that in the lives of people, then we become, uh, we bless Christ who loves those people. What has happened is we become more passionate about the tools of our warfare mm. than what what we're trying to set free mm. from the, the bondage of the warfare. Ooh. So we're more passionate about healing than we Ooh. are the people that need healing. We're more passionate mm. about deliverance than we are the people who need deliverance. Mm. And, and then we get caught up when that happens, we get caught up in just this, that weapon and tool rather than caught up in the lives of people. So when I'm ministering to people, I need to be equipped in a number of different, I need to be equipped if they need healing to be able to pray for healing. If they need deliverance, 
difference to begin to pray for deliverance in their life. As I grow in that, that's, that's what I'm wanting to do in their life. And when I do that, and I do it, why am I so passionate about it? Because I'm passionate about people. And why am I passionate about people? Because I have a deep passion for Christ. Mm -hmm. It's out of my passion for Christ that I love people. And because of my love for people and their need for God's power, for God's love in their life, I begin to learn and study these other things because I want to be able to, to bless them. So I don't allow the deliverance and healing and prophetic word to become, I don't, I don't get extreme in those things. I learn how to operate in them because I go to an extreme with Christ. I go to an extreme with my love for him and then he gives me a love for people. So this is the thing too. And it was, you know, a testimony of, of a friend of mine. He, he's a smart dude. Uh, we had the Kairos retreat that had just happened, uh, which is we, we spent time alone with God. There was teaching. You did the teaching on it, how to hear the voice of God. We went over truth and lies. And then there was a time where you could hear from God. And, uh, the last day there was an opportunity for people to be baptized in the Holy spirit that had never been baptized before. My friend that had come, uh, for the first time to that, he was one of them. And the cool thing of what he told me was he's like, He's like, man, like I've really sought out the gifts and and these are the things that like I've always wanted to do. He said, but bro, I went up there and I didn't realize it was as easy as just going up and asking. Yeah. And he said he just began to like he, 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 they were praying for him and he just, he asked for it. And then he began to glorify God and he, he just began to exalt him. And then as he was worshiping God, it literally just came over him. And the thing is, I think we, like, like you said, we worship the tools of ministry and even us, like a, a pastor, sometimes they can worship the ministry and fall in love with the love of the bride rather than, you know, the bridegroom. And that's the problem that I see when we mature in our walk with Christ, uh, if we don't stay rooted in abiding in his love, then we'll get bored and we'll look to have an affair. Yeah, it it becomes more about us doing it. And then when we do those, when we really focus, then people turn to us and they're and, and it's out of this thing of I'm really good at using these weapons rather than did they set the person free and and do they love Jesus more but there's there's an argument in specific and in every one of the topics we brought up whether it's healing whether it's uh, prophetic words and and all of those things there's arguments that happen that can divide the body of Christ and and I'm going to use one that's common that you hear a lot now because I do believe that because the church has prayed less and because we've been there is less people praying against the principalities and powers that rule over cities. We're seeing more of an effect of them in the lives of um, people around us. And so you're seeing a lot of people that actually are acting out in demon possession. And and if you're watching this, you're like, what? Isn't that just movie stuff? It it really is real. Uh, The Bible says uh, when it says these signs will follow them that believe they will cast out demons. So there there are people that are demon possessed, like demons are living and residing in them. And in fact, Jesus uh, in his own ministry cast out demons. And we see that the uh, one... uh, 
very famous one uh, where he cast out a man who had legion living in him, which is four to 6,000 demons. And it's an interesting, true story in the Bible of Jesus commanding them to go. They go in the pigs and then they run in the water. Uh, another topic, the, the, the debate that has happened because of this is can Christians be demon possessed? And there's a there's a group of believers that says that's impossible for a Christian to be demon possessed. And then there's a group of people that say, no, it's very possible for Christians to be demon possessed. And what it does is it creates this argument. And I have seen people become very passionate about this argument like they are they just they don't like each other in fact at some point they think they're they're just not as smart or they're not as good as of uh, as wise of christians or they're just nominal i mean they literally have an opinion of people that don't agree with them and somebody asked me that question and and i mean i have an opinion but it's an opinion and quite frankly if it's as clear as everyone thinks it is uh they would they would scripturally um, just lay it out there and there would be no doubt. Um, and, and I'm not even, I'm not even going to share my opinion, but I am going to share what I told that those people that were arguing because they were arguing against each other. This is what I said. What difference does it make? And, it, and when you get so extreme in something, you can't see common sense. It's like you're so invested in this thought that you need everyone to agree with you. And if they don't, they're the wrong ones. What if you're wrong? And in this situation, what difference does it make? Now, before you shut this off and say, I hate this person because he doesn't agree with me. Just listen to me. Does the person need to be deemed? Is the person demon possessed? Both of those people could agree. The argument isn't over whether they're demon-possessed or not. The argument was over whether they were saved or not. And what difference does it make if they were saved or not? If the person needs to be delivered of a demon because he's demon-possessed, cast the demon out of him, right? The rest will take care of itself. If he needs to get saved or if he was already saved, the rest takes care of itself. I think, I think the problem a lot of people have is they're afraid, okay, if I'm a Christian, then I'll be able to get demon-possessed. I think, one, you need to guard your heart as a believer of what you're opening doors to, hmm. first of all. You, if you're opening doors and inviting demons to speak into your life and to plant thoughts into your life, whether that's demons coming in or not, you, you have to respect the fact that demons want to come and reside in the life. The, the Bible does say that if you clean the house, seven will return if something comes in and lives. Now, that's the argument that if God comes and lives in your life, the seven demons aren't coming back to live in it. And, and there's, there's all kinds of debates and arguments over all of it. And that's not what we're getting into today. What we're talking about today is how when we get to extremes... <clears throat> we, we refuse, we refuse to accept or be, refuse to open our heart and our mind to anything. And uh, at times, even the scriptures mm. to, to, to be wrong. Mm -hmm. What if I am wrong? And in the end, when you look at that, what, what difference does it make? So that's what you believe. But if someone's demon possessed, are you going to ask them, are you a Christian or not? Okay, you're not demon possessed. If there's a demon operating, cast the demon out. Yeah. 
That, that, whether I believe that or not, let's cast the demon out. We, we have to agree on that. And the Bible's very clear that people are going to be demon-possessed. There's no biblical argument that people aren't. In fact, people who say that that's not the case, I mean, just start reading the Bible. It is very much the case that demons were residing in people. It's one of the signs that if you're a believer, this is what you will do. It's what it's expected. But we were talking, we were talking about this yesterday. And um, when Jesus sent out the disciples and they came back and and they're like, they're tripping out because they healed people. They're casting out demons in his name. And then Jesus' response with all these cool, like, fruits of the ministry and the things that they're accomplishing, Jesus says this. He says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. This is in Luke yeah. 10, 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And the reason why, I, I was thinking about this, um, why the church, I think, is oftentimes, which it's it's a goal of the enemy to try to discredit the church and everything and, and the believers. But I think and a lot distract of distract the church. Oh yeah. To distract the church, but also how people view the church, uh, you know, cause it's a lot, it's viewed as like hateful and legalistic and to, a, you know, sometimes they're not wrong. There, there is, there is, there is a hint of that and there is real church trauma, but I think it's when people become so obsessed with legalism and the works of the ministry and become more passionate about the tools of ministry rather than becoming passionate about their love life with Jesus. And then everything else follows or like, like rejoice that your name is written in heaven. And the, the way that people will know us and identify us as believers is by our love. And, and I think that we overlook that for whatever reason. Uh, and, you know, it, I found it interesting uh, because everybody now we're called to be like it, the greatest of all time is considered a goat, right? You're the greatest of all time right. goat. Uh, and, you know, everybody wants to be the lion. Everybody wants to be like, you know, the we, we want something strong. We want something ferocious. Like we don't want to be we don't want to be seen as a sheep. And a matter of fact, a lot of people when you're when you're thought of as gullible and stupid, especially in media, you're, you're considered a sheep. Oh, man, you're just a sheep. You're yeah. just following the grain. But this is what see, God calls see, us to be. And, and, but, and, and this is the danger. I think a lot of people get in, they get caught up in one. And I just want to identify this. I know this is not what you're necessarily <laughs> suggesting. I want to, we get caught in on what the world thinks about the church. And you, that's a fine line. You have to be very careful. The world's always going to resist. People in the world are always going to resist the church unless they're looking for something. There's, so they're going to attack the church based on one or two people. They don't look at the whole of it. They don't look at the group. And I think uh, sometimes the church tries to go overboard to please people to get the, so that the opinion of those who are lost and dying somehow think of them differently. They're always going to think of the church in a negative light. Mm -hmm. But when they need something, when they're searching there's something in them that's going to bring them back to the church. So I think we need to be careful. But, but, but in this verse right here, it says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, but this, that, that the spirit are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What it's suggesting is when your names are written in heaven, you become, a, you're a child of God, a prince of God. Your identity 
is now is is this identity of God like you're given authority and there's power operating mm-hmm. in you and don't get excited about all of the effects of what's going on recognize who you are now in Christ and 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 this relationship we now have with God is far greater than anything you just did all those because uh, Jesus himself jumped it's in the terminology used in that verse was he jumped around in joy he was excited for what they had done they had defeated the devil when they went out and do it but he said listen now understand what's even of greater joy than that is the relationship you have with the lord and and the world in which we're living in what i was trying to say with alex is, is there's this fine line i get that there are christians that go out there and and we don't operate in the love of God. We're not mm-hmm. walking in. I get that. But even people who are walking in the love of God that are at peace, the world is going to hate you just like they hated Jesus. And Jesus didn't bend over backwards to make to become somebody that was more loved no. by the world. What he did was reveal the truth of the good news. Mm-hmm. And the pure good news should not bend over backwards or do gymnastics to get people to approve it in the world. It needs to be revealed as it is mm-hmm. and what it is. Yeah, but the, the thing is like what I'm saying, and you know what I'm saying, but for those that are listening, it's... Sinners drew near to Jesus is the thing. Like I was, I was realizing that the other day, like, I think a lot of times people view Jesus as, you know, legalistic and like he was staunch and no one wanted to be around him, but he was the life of the party. Like he was, he was always had people like rocking with him and all around him. And he was except like sinners. It wasn't sinners that handed him over to be killed. Uh, it was the religious that handed him over. Uh, but the interesting thing is like what I, there was a, there was a video that we, that we had talked about like a while back and it was the, there was a Satanist and he was on some press conference or something and he is talking about his beliefs and everything and he's making fun of Christianity and and then after he was done with this conference or whatever that he was putting on there was this lady that just walked up to him and gave him a hug and he goes I don't know what it was she didn't say a word to me she gave me this hug like I had never like experienced before and I felt this love and um he had given his life to Christ like after that she gave him a hug told him she loved him and you know how she sees him and views him. And he goes, the way that she extended love towards me after I had just cursed her and her beliefs and everything, it changed my heart. And now he's a, he's a follower of Christ. And I think, you know, when I, when I talk about, you know, I'm not talking about bending over backwards. That's obviously, cause then you get to the prosperity gospel and people that are right. quote unquote, like just, they, they compromise truth in order to be inclusive. Um, the truth is for everybody, but we don't compromise. We don't compromise truth you bend to, to Jesus and, and repentance everybody's welcome but we don't we don't compromise truth but the thing is is I don't if we're called to be ambassadors of heaven if we're called uh, to be Jesus's hands and feet uh, do people see Jesus or do people see religion well, and, and I think and the more time you spend with Christ exactly well we we if we're spending so when we go to study things of healing prophetic word, financial things for the kingdom, uh, deliverance, yeah. um, 
then when we study how to just you know you know the how to um, do evangelism and we study all of those things and we spend more time studying all of that Mm -hmm. than we do spending time with the Lord. Yeah. It's out of balance and that's going to cause us to be out of balance in Mm -hmm. our thinking Mm-hmm. All, because with all of those things we're studying, they're all good, yeah. but they become knowledge. Mm-hmm. And the knowledge of good is the same sin Adam and Eve committed in the garden. Yeah, they put they thought the source of their ability to do things for God would come from them. God says, "I want to be the source of those things in your life." In fact, even in the Bible, it says the Holy Spirit would be our primary teacher in things. Yeah. So if it's counseling whether and and we can get so caught up and and I'm not saying learning or being discipled is wrong that's it's not in fact we're to make disciples of people so it's good to get teaching and training but when someone teaches us we tend to elevate them and then everything they say because they taught us something is just gospel and 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 the reality is it can create divisions among the body of Christ. And, and I think the reason we're doing this podcast is beware. You have to beware that, that God's going to introduce things to you as you're in relationship with God. And these are, you know, people getting trapped in this are godly people. Their, their hearts are so pure. Their pursuit is so genuine in what they're wanting to do. But you still have to guard your heart. You have to make sure that you keep Christ in front of your teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the study of tools, you got to just keep coming back to Christ because Christ brings everything into balance. He brings everything into perspective. And you have to be you have to be able to discern things. And discernment is not recognizing the difference between what is right and what is wrong. It's recognizing the difference between what is right and what appears to be mm. right. And you have to ask the Holy Spirit, give me that gift of discern, discernment to discern things when, I'm, when I am being taught and learning. Because when you're being taught, you open up and you tend to take everything in. And if it makes sense, you tend to just accept it. And there's a lot of things that make sense to people, but is because Satan is such a good liar, he can lie. And, and I got to be careful. I'm not suggesting that there are teachers out there that are teaching things and they're trying to get mm-hmm. lies through there. What I'm saying is, is you got to be able to discern uh, those who are trying to do that, who are teaching things that maybe because they believed in it and they started out pure and they taught it and a lot of the teeth, but then to make it look more grander or greater or more important, they have added things to it to be able to make it more so that you're more passionate about it. Like we need to be better than the prophets. We need to be better than those who pray for healing. So, you know, if, if I'm a revival, it's all about revival, revival, revival. And if you're not in it, we know way more than you do. We we're closer to God than you are. And there's this attitude of, if you don't agree with us, then, then you guys are the ones that are wrong. And, and that is not the body of Christ. If anything, 
deliverance and revival and prayer and prophetic stuff. And, and if you're a giver, generosity, all of those things, as you get more passionate about it, if you're not getting more passionate about the body of Christ and people, you're pursuing mm -hmm. a tool and not Christ mm -hmm. in it. And you need to get that back in order. Mm -hmm. I think it start it starts with humility and it starts with the heart of David where he's like, God would search my, search my heart. Oh God, for anything that offends right. you. Is that your posture of heart? And I, I know exactly what people are going to just, they're going to take your excerpt and say, well, now I got to look for false teachers and everything. And that's, that's literally a podcast that we've talked about that there's an overemphasis on even hunting down false teachers. Yeah. Like everybody's a false teacher. Everybody's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's, and that's like literally proven why we are we're addressing so, this topic. So many, yeah, so many people are right on. I mean, yeah. they're incredible teachers of the word, but that doesn't mean you just, you, you have to discern. Yeah. You have to listen. Mm -hmm. And there are people that are going to listen to this because everybody kind of gets out of it what they want to get. They can get offended yeah. by all kinds of things or frustrated or call me a false prophet for just saying what I just said. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't pursue learning how to pray for people for deliverance or or healing yeah. or becoming generous or revive. I'm not suggesting any of those yeah. things. Uh, I'm, what I'm suggesting is in those pursuits, the primary pursuit is always got to be Christ. And you always, and, and, and in human nature, we contend. I had one person tell me one time, they're now pastors, but they told me we were sitting, we we're talking about destined to reign by Joseph Prince, the book he wrote. Great book, right? No problem with this book, Destined to Rain. There's things in it I may agree with or not agree with or just don't know, right? But for the most part, great book, Destined to Rain. They told me that they put destined, like out of their own mouth, said they had Destined to Rain and the Bible at their nightstand. When they go to bed, if they have to choose a book to read, when they go to bed, it's Destined to Rain. And I'm like, do you not recognize the problem? They were so passionate about the things Joseph Prince was talking about in that book that it surpassed, it, it, it went over the Bible and the word of God. It had stepped out of order. And, and I told them, you don't recognize, and they, even when I brought it up, they didn't recognize why that was a problem. And I said, here's the deal. All those truths that you learn is just knowledge of good. And if you if, if you don't put it in the correct space in your life, it will be out of order and God won't bless it. And it can even be uh, true teachings, but if it's out of order, God's not going to bless it. God's word has to remain the highest in our life. And, and people's commentaries and topics, like if you, you, you really want to spend time in God's word, reading God's word, because he wants mm -hmm. to have a conversation with you. And, first and you wonder like and god was showing me this too because i'm like part of my job is social media my right. job is creating content my job is looking what people are the questions people are asking um but like i've been i've caught i put like limits on my phone and stuff to continually limit limit it because man like being on so like and and what god was showing me especially going to the kairos retreat like when you open your mind to all these different opinions 
it is like your body, you are not designed to take in that many opinions and it will overwhelm you and bring anxiety yeah. and it'll crowd your brain where you are. It's hard for you to hear the voice of God because what space does he have to operate when you keep the only quiet time you get, you fill it with all these different teachers on YouTube or all these different podcasts. And then one day you're like super fascinated with tongues. And so you're really pursuing that. And then you heard another speaker say that it wasn't that this is not true and then you, you're listening and you're watching all these different videos and you're just feeding 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 and videos and and, and like how well, much time are you spending and tongues is another one that that divide has divided the body in some ways where people literally satan has used it to get people where people say in order to be uh saved you have to be baptized in the holy spirit and speak in tongues and and then there's others who say no you don't and that's a, you don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven and to be saved. Yeah. That is the power of God. The baptism of Christ into the Holy Spirit is the gifts of God that he places on us for battle. Mm -hmm. It is not salvation. Mm -hmm. And and but that argument and debate when people go to extremes. When they go to extremes, they start out agreeing together, and then they go to extremes. You know, one person just in a balanced way recognizes the purpose of it in our life, while the other one says, no, this is everything. This is numero uno in the faith, and everything is about the baptism. So then they create doctrines around it. They, they give a greater emphasis on things, and then all of a sudden they get to the point, the only way you can get saved is if you agree with me and that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not. And mm -hmm. they start teaching that with people, and it's not biblical. It's not true and 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 then it alienates people now the baptism of the holy spirit is real it's it's everyone should experience it's important for every believer to experience it especially if you've been uh, if you've, you you because all believers have a calling into the army of god to do the work of ministry mm -hmm. and we need that baptism of the holy spirit but i'm not sitting here telling you if you don't have it you're going to hell. Yeah. What I'm saying is this is the, this really is something that God wants us to pursue. So we're more equipped. And those are the arguments we end up in when we become, we, we go to extremes on mm -hmm. things. Yeah. I would say draw back from being a content consumer and like, look at, you know, a lot of times if there is, if you feel like, man, I don't feel God, man, I'm like, and, and this is also like what, you know, we, I think we talked about maybe last week or a couple weeks ago when we talk about truth and lies, but it's, you know, how much time are you spending with God versus how much time are you on your, your phone, uh, consuming all that different content, being fed things that are of the world. How much time are you spending listening to junk in your ear, uh, like explicit music that's talking about sex, drugs, money, all these different things that, you know, are that please the flesh. Uh, how much, how much time are you spending disciplining your spirit and spending time in the presence of God? And I think, uh, when you take a look at that, you'll really come to find out and find the answer in the solution uh 
to to start hearing the voice of of God again like what you what you always say pastor like God doesn't stop speaking but are you tuned in uh, to his frequency have you left your you know and even this bro like I, me and my friend were, were talking about this this was this was four years ago we had this conversation and we became so consumed with the topic of salvation where we're in ministry and we're like going back and forth and and we're like bro are we even saved like it was weird like and it was on the verse and this is this is this is hilarious because when I tell you this you're gonna be like how the heck did you miss this it was don't be deceived by the serpent's cunning like I'm afraid you've been deceived by the serpent's cunning from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ and we read that verse and we're like are we are we going to hell like is he have we been deceived and we're wondering if we've been deceived and then we looked back and it was funny because we both came back and we got the same revelation and as we talked about it we're like bro, we have, we've, we were stressing about it. We're having like this, this, you know, this huge trial in our faith, wondering if we're saved. And we're like, we're literally out of, out of the heart of wondering if we're saved or not. We have complicated something so simple where we have been deceived by the serpent's cunning by over, overthinking something that's so simple. Well, you know, Eve fell because she had a conversation with Satan. Yeah. If we open the door to some of those things, that Satan has established conversations Satan is setting mm-hmm. up for us. He's pretty crafty and cunning. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's some conversations that we dare not have. I, I would, I would take it then from where you're talking to unbelievers saying you got all these things you're letting in your life and even yeah. believers that are allowing all these things in their life. I would go to the next step to those who are believers saying, I really want to know more about the Lord. I really want to know who he is. Now I'm going to go online. I'm going to go on uh, and listen to all all these people talk about who Christ is. Mm. If you really want to get to know Christ, mm. you have to just shut it all off and say, yep. God, I want to know you personally, yeah. not through people. Yeah. So you can know God through your mm. pastor. You can know God through social media content providers. You can know God through commentaries and you can know God through books. Mm. But at some point, God wants you to sit and hear his voice and to have a conversation with you back and forth. And you'll know what I'm talking about when it happens, because he'll put thoughts in your minds that you didn't think. Mm -hmm. And you know, you'll know you didn't think it. And he'll put it there because it's not something that was that came from you. And then you'll respond. And and I'll find myself often in this conversation without even realizing I'm in the conversation. Like I'll I'll respond to a thought in my mind. And then that thought will respond to me. And then I'll respond back to that thought back. And I'm and I'm talking to God, not even thinking I'm talking to God, but mm-hmm. I'm having this conversation. And then after a while, I realize this is God speaking to me and he he doesn't have to say much for me to get what he's saying it's mm-hmm. amazing how what he said is packed with a whole lot of things and it just opens the door to understanding that those few words it's like revelation opens its door to a whole package of understanding that it had never had before and it kind of just leads me down the path the the a personal relationship is not something you find through somebody telling you who Christ is it's through you discovering who he is a direct connection so we can tell you who he is we can talk mm-hmm. about who christ is and and we can inspire and encourage through even things like this podcast but 
for a personal relationship, you would just take even what we're saying, this is more to protect and it's mm -hmm. for conversation, but for a personal, you're going to stop and you're going to say, okay, Lord, I want to know you. And mm -hmm. the Bible says, if you knock, he'll open the mm -hmm. door. If you ask, ask, you're going to hear. If you seek, you're going to find. Yeah. And that's a promise he gives all of us. And if you want to hear God's voice, ask, ask him. Mm -hmm. I want to know your voice. I want to know you personally. I want to know you not through someone, through an intermediate. Mm -hmm. In fact, Jesus said, I'm the intermediate to the father. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to know an intermediate to the intermediate to the father. I want to know the intermediate that welcomes me boldly into the throne room of God so that I can have a personal relationship with my father. God, not just Christ, my bridegroom, mm -hmm. but with my father. Yeah, That's what Jesus was pointing us through. That's why he said, I am a new and living way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm -hmm. No man comes to the father, except God, except through me, the intermediate is mm -hmm. Jesus. And so you're saying it's all about the relationship with Christ. It's all about the relationship with Christ. It really isn't all about the relationship with Christ. In fact, Christ would tell you it's all about the relationship with the Father. And our, our relationship with Christ is what gives me access mm. to the Father. Mm -hmm. And so I need relationship with Christ in order to discover an incredible relationship with the father to know his voice. Yeah, do I, like, I'm, I'm about to get married, and I know for a fact, how miserable it would be if my only communication to my fiance was through one of her friends or sister. Yeah. Or sister. Hey, can you, can you, can you right. pass this on? Yeah. Or like, or she's just telling me, uh, who she is and like her characteristics and everything. And like, I'm only, I only have knowledge about, about Bailey, not because of my personal relationship with her, but right. only through a friend of a friend of a friend. But in the same way, like we can get caught in that trap thinking it's like, oh man, this is really holy, which it is. It's good to be like taught and it's good to like, you know, to research and everything. But if that's your main line of communication, you are missing out. And in the same way where you get your, your, your information through other people, who's to say when someone else does it, when comes around and then they, uh, gossip about this God, What's keeping you from believing what they have right. to say? Because you have never met him to be able to distinguish that. That's yeah. not, that doesn't yeah. make sense. That doesn't sound like my God, but so many people open this phone and they go about and they're having crises in their faith every single day because they have teachers on one person saying God is good. And the next person say, Hey, I'm going to prove someone proved to me that God exists. And they're going back and forth and they're fed all these different conspiracy theory theology right. and they're in shambles in their faith. But the thing to combat that is, is go to the source. Don't rejoice in your works and the tools of ministry and all this research that you're trying to get your knowledge doesn't get you access to heaven it's your submission and your faith uh in jesus that bridges that gap and so the way uh to combat that is rejoice man like pursue a relationship with god like this is a gift that he gives you don't neglect it like this is amazing don't like well it's I like we undervalue it yeah and i think we miss we really and I think that's why we get caught up in the extremes of all the things almost out here and like that God calls us to do. 
mm-hmm. but we don't really pursue a relationship with God. And we know the enemy. It's similar to me saying, well, I have a personal relationship with Nick, Jack Nicholas mm-hmm. because I know somebody who knows him. Yeah. I've never met Jack Nicholas. Just a name drop, you'll see. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know somebody who has a personal relationship with Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Right? It's like, I okay, my pastor has a personal relationship with Christ that opens the door to a personal, re- hopefully with the Father. And that's, there. There's. I think we miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship with we have with Christ, Christ takes us into the, boldly into the throne room with the Father, right? Mm-hmm. But, but. We think we don't. I don't have a personal relationship with Jack Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I know somebody who does, and they tell me about him and what kind of person he is. Yeah, just because I know what he's like doesn't mean I'm in relationship with him. Yeah, exactly. And there are a lot of people who know what God is like, mm. but they have no relationship mm-hmm. with God because they only know someone who knows him. Mm-hmm. God is open a new and living way. That's what it says in Hebrews so that we can know him, yeah. that we're the ones describing yeah. to the world around him. This is what he likes, mm-hmm. what he's like, and this is who he is. And I'm fully persuaded. I believe this because yeah. I know him. I've experienced them. I exactly. hear his voice. I follow him he's done this in my life and i don't have a relation through an intermediate other than christ yeah. i have a relationship with the father mm-hmm. and, and 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 even even christ created a new and living way but even to have a christ isn't just the intermediate christ brings us in so it's not an intermediate relationship with the father it is a relationship with the father it's like it reminded me when we were at you know, and I think this is a great scripture to close on because it's taught it's you remember when Peter betrayed Jesus and then Jesus went out and met him and, and, and Jesus time and time again, kept saying, Peter, do you love me? And then Peter's like, of course I do Lord. Like, you know that I do. And then he goes, feed my sheep. And then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? And there's these things that he asks of Peter, but he first says, do you love me? If you love me, this is what you'll do. And that's the thing that we need to, we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, whoever is watching Serena, uh, do you love me? And you're like, yes, Lord. Uh, then do these things. Chris, do you love me? Uh, yes, Lord, you know that I do. Then this is a byproduct of your love for me. Uh, Christy, do you love me? Uh, and whoever's watching this, I think that's the, the mindset that first keep the main thing, the main thing, your love for God, the outflow of your life. These things will just tend to happen just like the John nine, A blind beggar was at the side of the road, had an encounter with Jesus, a blind beggar turned evangelist uh, who who became a a teacher to the teachers of the law in Israel uh, just from one encounter uh, with Jesus changed everything. Yeah, I think and and we can read that and we say, okay, in order to show God, I love him, I got to go do these things. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's out of my love for him that I want to do. Exactly. Because my heart like I want to be like Christ. Mm -hmm. And this is what he does and I love him so much and I want to do this because because what happens is is when we love him Mm -hmm. the love of people enters Mm -hmm. us and you can't if you're just doing it because you just love God but you don't love people then you're not doing it in a love for God because the love for people comes when Mm -hmm. we love God that's why he says the greatest command is to love God with all your heart mind and soul Mm -hmm. and then love one another as your your neighbor as yourself Mm -hmm. they they connect together they're the same so if you're if you know everything we said I I would just 
finish, I would, I would come to that point of just mm -hmm. saying again, and I want to be very clear at no point in this podcast, if we said it's not important to begin to be discipled in mm -hmm. deliverance and in mm -hmm. healing and the prophetic and in, 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 uh, revival type stuff or in prayer and, and generosity at no point did we say that what we said was when, when it's out of order, and we put it above God, it goes to extremes. And then we, we become only about one of those things. And it becomes more about being right in it, mm -hmm. which creates division. Then it becomes about the people we're trying to help mm -hmm. with it. Yeah. And, and yeah, God wants to use every believer to operate in deliverance, but and operate in the prophetic and operate in generosity and operate in all of those things. But we have to keep in mind, Christ has always got to be the first priority. And when he is, we operate in unity, mm -hmm. unity, because that's the only prayer Jesus prayed. He prayed to a father, let them be one as we are one. If what you're doing is taking you out of unity with the body mm -hmm. of Christ or people who are in the body of Christ, then, then what you're doing is out of order yeah. and you can be right, mm -hmm. but be totally wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what you have to guard your heart in. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added to you. Uh, but again, this podcast, I know you guys are like, well, you just said not to consume this content and, and all these different things. And yet you're, you're posting this stuff. My, our, my goal. And when I create content on TikTok, Instagram, and on here, my goal is that you wouldn't begin to worship us, but my goal would be that, that it would plant a seed and you would go deeper in your faith and it would ignite something. And I just had my heat off, uh, this whole past week and they had to come in and they had to reignite the pilot light or whatever it's called. Uh, I want to be that person that comes in and ignites something so it can heat your home. I, I pray that this podcast and the content that we create does that, but we're not your source of life. We're only the one pointing, uh, to Christ for you to engage in that relationship. Uh, but we pray this bless you. Uh, thank you again for watching and tuning in from week to week. Uh, what you can do is like this video, share this, subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the content that we post. Uh, we also have content, like I said, on TikTok. I go live every day uh, from Sunday to Thursday. Uh, you can uh, follow that for daily content. Uh, we also post content on Instagram. Uh, at experience the truth podcast. Uh, you also, if you text the number uh, 77411, if you text B Rock Belong, uh, it will send me an email and you can let me know whatever you're looking for. If it's a question that you have, uh, if it's a Bible study that you want to be a part of, we have online Bible studies and prayer groups that we have online from people all around the world. Uh, if you want to get connected, uh, there's plenty of avenues to do so. But we love you guys. Uh, God bless you. And we'll see you next week.